Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Today, as you have all felt, no doubt, winter has well and truly hit in Melbourne, at least with a vengeance. So having a chat with my lot, I've decided to share some of the most common complaints animals have about winter. Uh, Now, also speaking of complaints, thank you to everybody who has written, emailed, and I've had multiple calls about the ECVM and uh, animal welfare issues with Harness Racing Victoria. Uh, For everyone that's asking, I do believe there's a review underway. And for everybody that's asked, particularly in review regards to my swagman, no, I have not heard a word from Harness Racing Victoria. Apparently, they're not worried about fractured bones ripped tendons or major muscle injuries. But if I do hear anything, I will certainly let you know. Now, with winter, uh, animals feel the cold as we do, some more than others. As with us, everyone is individual. Uh, Some members of your family may feel the cold a lot. I certainly do. Others, not so much. It's three and a half degrees as I'm doing this podcast. It's frosty. It's very, very still. The sun's out. It's about 7.30 in the morning and I'm looking out across to the park opposite my house and there's a gentleman walking his dog in a t-shirt. I can promise you this time of morning, this temperature, I'm not wearing a T-shirt. He, I might add his dog has a rug on. So it's the perfect example of how some feel it more than others. Animals are, of course, the same. And that goes for every species. I'll be covering basically horses, dogs and cats today. One of the big things for domesticated animals, and yes, they have fur, some obviously more than others, is... Animals that are both inside and outside. For example, my uh, Mecco sleeps in, as do the cats, but while I'm down the horse paddock, he goes outside. Now, with a lot of people, uh, probably not so much now, I guess, as we used to simply because of the expense, but many people have their central heating cranked up fairly high. Um, I tend to run mine at about 19 purely because um, Mecca will expire otherwise. Being a snow dog, they don't cope with the heat. But quite a few animals over the years that I've um, been chatting with have complained of the extremes in temperature. One minute they'll be in 20, 25 degrees because, yes, some people do actually run their heating to that. And then the animals outside while they go to work, in my case, go to the horse paddock, do whatever. So if you know your animal's going out, rug up a bit and keep the temperature under 20 if you can. Because particularly when the animal gets older, they really do, the bo- it can be quite tough on the body, those extremes all the time. So just keep that one in mind because 
particularly with arthritic animals, older animals that are sore, uh, they do really feel that. And of course, if you do have an animal that's outside part of the time, make sure they've got a bedding uh, that is up off the ground. The animal may choose to sleep on the ground. Yes, I know you buy them lovely expensive beds and they choose not to and it drives everyone nuts, but it makes such a difference to joint pain. If you don't believe me, go and sit on the concrete outside for five minutes or 10 and then start to walk around. You'll notice it. Now with horses, uh, many of us rug them and some people's horses require rugs. Other horses, it's more convenient so when they roll, you don't spend two hours scraping the mud off. You only spend 10, 10 or 20 minutes. The colder-blooded horses with the thicker coats often don't require rugs. Um, the thoroughbreds, uh, my standard bred's got a very fine coat. They do require rugging. But if you're going to have a horse and rug it, you either need to be able to be down twice a day to change the rug as is required or rug very lightly. A lot of the horses complain to me that um, the rug, and I mean, for example, this morning it was one degree, as I said, frost. But in a couple of hours, if the sky is still blue and we don't have any wind, at 10 or 12 degrees when the sun is shining and there's no wind versus 10 or 12 degrees when it's cloudy will feel very, very different for a horse with a rug and they will get very hot. So keep that one in mind. Ditto with clipping with horses. Again, if you're doing um, endurance riding five days a week, obviously, and you've got a um, hairy horse, it's going to require clipping. But for a lot of horses, they tell me that they don't like the feel of being clipped. It's very uncomfortable um, and they're not able to regulate their temperature as much. So again, if you're um, going to do that, you really, if you can't do it, get someone else to come down, have someone that's there so you can pay them to do the rug. It really does make such a huge difference to the comfort of the horse. And if you've got a, you're contemplating clipping your horse and you're only riding two days a week for an hour or so, really think about two hours of convenience for you versus the rest of the week for the horse. Who are you really doing it for? Now, with all animals, um, none of us want to drink as much in winter as we do in summer. And so many people I find are not as good on scrubbing out water. Uh, mainly outside bowls for dogs and certainly horse water troughs. You need to be encouraging your horse to drink. Uh, my rule of thumb is if you wouldn't drink out of it, your horse or your dog shouldn't. So, you know, most troughs slash tanks will need scrubbing out or cleaning out at least once a week. More if your horse is like mine and decides to dump two-thirds of his uh, hard feed in his water every day. So really keep that in mind because it makes such a difference to the horse and so many horses will colic because they're partially dehydrated and so many dogs, particularly if they're stiff and arthritic and the water bowl's on the ground and they're a taller dog, rather than dropping their head, which can cause pain, they'll hang on an essentially camel. Doesn't do them any good. So if you've got an a dog, basically anything over Dachshund height that has a wonky back end or is very sore, raise the water bowls. 
and put a couple out so that the dog doesn't just have to walk to one. You'd be surprised how many dogs after a day or two will start drinking a lot, lot more. And that gives owners the horrifying realization that their dog hasn't been drinking as much as it used to because it's been in pain for a very long period of time. Now, cats, um, obviously, some are in and outdoor, and I personally don't see anything about that, but that's a whole different uh, ball game. We won't get into that one. But uh, weight and movement are some of the biggest problems cats will suffer, particularly indoor cats, because they don't tend to do as much exercise. And as with us, you don't use it, you lose it. Everyone knows I'm well and truly about a raw species appropriate diet. There are many reasons for that, but one of them is because it really does help hold the muscle tone and keep the weight off, unlike commercial food, which is basically purely carb. Now, cats suffer a lot more than I think most people realize when they're overweight. Dogs jump a bit. Cats jump a lot. And for many people, that they, they find it normal in inverted commas that their cat sleeps a lot of the time. And yes, to a point it is. But also people are a little slow to notice sometimes they're not getting on top of the fridge anymore. They don't get on top of the bench as often. That's not aging. That's pain. So if your cat is not doing that as often. You notice they're a bit slower. Some people may notice they're a little bit stiff. Now, if you're noticing your cat stiff, I can promise you it's been in pain for quite a while. Please take it to a holistic vet. Get a pain management strategy worked out and get body work, acupuncture, laser, craniosacral therapy, myofascial work, massage, which, you know, have a look around. And, you know, you may need to shop around. This goes for dogs as well because what suits one person may not suit another. Um, my dog doesn't cope well with craniosacral, interestingly enough, which is kind of convenient for me. Um, he does incredibly well with um, transformational acupuncture and laser. Uh, my cat, on the other hand, no one wants to acupuncture Anya and I understand completely. Laser, he's not bad with, he loves craniosacral and the my health. So every animal is different and will respond to different therapies. But being proactive rather than reactive, uh, one session every um, two months perhaps in winter, once a month in winter, once every two or three months in summer as they age will make such a difference and particularly when you're proactive, if they don't develop the compensatory patterns, they'll age better and require less medication. And it's always about quality of life. Don't get me wrong, quantity is nice. We like quantity, but quality of life is what it's all about. And of course, the same goes for the dogs and the horses. With horses, a lot of people don't ride as much in winter, either because they can't find somewhere under lights. And of course, if you do a nine to five job, by the time you get to the horse paddock, it's pitch black or because it's cold and wet and basically crappy weather. And who wants to ride in that? Just remember, particularly as the horse ages, it really does make a difference. So if you're giving your horse winter off, and I understand completely, 
don't expect to book into spring shows. Build up gradually. If anyone's ever had an injury and been unable to walk properly or move around and basically function normally for a period of time, they'll know how long it takes them to build up again. Animals are no different. We put completely unrealistic expectations on them. And just because horses in particular can't vocalize pain does not mean they're not feeling it. So yeah, absolutely give them winter off, but build them up gradually or try and get down and do half an hour, three times a week just to keep them ticking over. It helps their gut. It helps their circulation. No different to a human, a dog, a cat or whatever. And most horses, as with most people, really do have a fairly sedentary lifestyle, which isn't always great for longevity. Now, during COVID, there was certainly not a um, problem with dogs being walked in winter. We all got out and walked them. But before that, you basically had your fit dogs and your summer dogs. And um, most dog owners that I knew knew the difference between the two. As with us, you don't use it, you lose it. You really do need, particularly the older dogs where people say, oh, they're old and sore, so I don't walk them. Ba-bow, you're actually doing your animal friend a disservice. Sort out your pain management, sort out your body work and keep them moving. I'm not talking about doing marathons, but you know, even if it's to the end of the street and back once or twice a day and build them up, the more you keep them moving, the better the longevity and the quality of life. And of course, if your dog is locked inside and sore all the time and not using his brain, they're going to deteriorate fast. Get them out, get them sniffing, get them moving. And all of a sudden, puppy dog starts feeling a little better. So keep that in mind because it really does make such a difference. And of course, weight goes hand in hand with that as it does for humans. I mean, look, we all eat more over winter. We eat the wrong sort of food. Uh, and of course, we feed our dogs more and exercise less. And again, people tell me, oh, I don't understand why I have to pay so much every month to the vet for joint formula or painkillers. And you look at the dog, it's 20 kilo overweight. I mean, it isn't rocket science, people. It's exactly the same as with us. The less weight they're carrying, the better for their joints, the fitter they are, the better for their health, and the less pain they're in. And of course, my one and um, only bugbear with uh, a lot of dogs that people don't do is their feet. Cats, not so much. You don't have to worry about them. Horses should be done every four to six weeks anyway. But with a lot of the hairy dogs, the moodle-oodle crosses, the little um, Maltese crosses, Shih Tzu crosses, and of course, a lot of the snow dogs, the Samoids, um, the Saplaninax, and even some of the shepherds and shepherd crosses, they have quite hairy feet. And underneath, there's a lot of hair under the pads. Once a week, clip that away because A, you're tracking in less dirt because it's and water because it's the um, hair's not there to retain it, which yeah, means they're not tracking as much into the house. But you try and walk on a slippery surface like your tiles or your timber floorboards or timber laminate, whatever you've got in bare feet, which is what it's like when the dog's got no hair under its pad. 
Now, you try doing that in socks, you'll find you slip. Dogs are the same. And particularly when they get older and then they get sore, they'll slip getting up. They'll slip when someone rings a doorbell and they take off at 100 miles an hour. That's when you do damage. That's when stuff like ruptured cruciate ligaments will happen. Having more traction will make such a difference and minimize the compensatory pain for animals. And people will think of it as the sliding, but they don't think of the associated pain for the animal. So it's a simple thing to do, but it makes such a difference. Ditto anyone that's got floorboards, if you've got dogs and they slide, and even arthritic cats. I hate having them, I'm the first to say, but uh, carpet runners make such a difference to the way your animal moves and doesn't slide. And that in turn makes a huge difference to the quality of life. And at the end of the day, we can all agree, quantity is nice, but knowing you are providing the best quality of life you can for your four-legged companions, both inside and out, is what it's all about. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you've got any topics you'd like me to cover, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. Stay safe, keep warm, and as always, remember to talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.